genre. What up, nerds, and welcome to Tales from the Short Box, now in trade, a once-in-a-while podcast where we talk about some of our all-time favorite comics and graphic novels, now in trade. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm joined by the other voices on this show, Sean Petit. Yo! Casey Crawford. Hello! And RJ Vite. hey And we are joined today by Nathan from Doom Patrol Radio. Welcome, Howdy. Nathan. Thank you so much. Uh, today, we are going to deep dive into the very weird world of Doom Patrol Book One by Grant Morrison, Richard Case, John Nyberg, Doug Braithwaite, Scott Hanna, Carlos Garzon, Daniel Vazo, and Michelle Wolfman. Wow, that's a lot of names. It's <laughs> a lot of. So uh, d- uh, this is this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this book in depth. So if you haven't read it, read it first. Yeah. So this is a this was a lot. I I read this book over the last two days. That um, is impressive. I I well, also I, did, but I've read it before. I can't imagine yeah. reading it for the first time over the last two days. That is impressive. And also I timed terrifying. it perfectly too because we just had we just had a snowstorm, so I was snowed in anyway. Mm-hmm. So perfect. Might as well read some Graham Morrison. Might as well, also, but like, holy shit. Contemplate your reality. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like perfect weather to just like shut down and like look look inside yourself. Just disassociate. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just become a puddle of consciousness. Snow and absurdism. (laughs) What am I? What is everything? Yeah, there there were a couple moments in this book that that made me have to just like put it down and then just like (laughs) go outside and stand in the snow for a few minutes. (laughs) Yeah, barefoot in the snow, just (laughs) just staring at the ground. Didn't even notice until like five hours later. (laughs) Yeah, it's like oh my god. Yeah, this this book is a lot. Yeah, such a great. This is such you know like I I was thinking about it while I was reading it and it's so cool that like we have like all different degrees of. You know, our our show on a weekly basis has like varying degrees of like comic expertise. RJ being the top, and usually Sean being the bottom. But this one flipped it around a little bit. Uh, where like it's, I think me and RJ are probably still fairly uh good experts on it, having read it multiple times. But like, yeah, like Adam, I'm hasn't right read there it with Doom Patrol at least specifically. Yeah, you you yeah you got you yeah. got on that the Doom Patrol train a couple like a year or two ago, right? Um, yeah, a couple years ago, yeah. I just got got real hype on it. It got real hype on everything, Morrison. <laughs> um yeah, but that that, too. that brings us to nathan I, I don't know what your what's your history with doom patrol what is- <laughs> uh, a long one i guess um <laughs> that's good so i i too have a little bit of comic uh, background i did a store i man ran a oh, store for a little okay. bit yeah it was fun it was a good time that was when um i got kind of more into morrison uh just about like uh, so much uh, all of his work really um but before i was you know I guess I was in middle school and I was picking up Doom Patrol from the rundown shop that was, you know, 10 miles down the road from my house. And it was just random back issue comics. And, you know, it wasn't complete runs or anything, but there were a couple, like I remember three that I had of of a first run and I don't know, just blowing my mind. And then later on when I had access to Morrison's more, uh, more of his stuff, I was just going ham on it all. Their just, stuff, yep. and that yeah, their, their stuff. I apologize, their stuff, and then just going ham on it all. 
Yeah. No, absolutely. And I did exactly the same thing. I think <laughs> Casey specifically was like, read this shit now. Do it. It's like, Do just it. Just read this. And then, yeah, I my shelf started filling up very quickly <laughs> with Morrison uh, stuff. I finally recently took the very brave plunge to read Invisibles, and I don't think my brain will ever be the same. No, yeah. that's, that's um, the point, right? Th- this was a great segue, but yeah, this was a great way to prepare for that, but man. Uh, yeah, mine's kind of similar to Nathan's, is like where, uh, yeah, I, I just was back issue diving, not really knowing what the hell I was looking at or looking for, and just kind of like picking up what I could, and like, these covers are so dynamic and so unlike everything else I was reading in the like late 90s, you know? So like... It just, it pops out, and I remember getting really random issues and just being like, I need more. Where is more? Like, yeah. I need, like, what is this? And, like, I don't get it, but, like, I need it. And, um, yeah, and then once I, I knew anything, like, who the writer was and, like, where they, like, you know, they went story-wise, I just kind of had to consume all of it all at once. And I think RJ's something similar as well, right? Uh, yeah, so, I think I've talked about it before, but... I have a firm belief that there is always a comic during someone's reading career where either it's your first comic or your thousandth, where it just takes all your preconceived notions of the medium and like just throws them out the window, just completely <laughs> breaks them. Um, <laughs> not, and not just in the terms of like, oh, comics uh, can be like, you know, more adult or profound or something, but something that really like, kind of like shows you the potential of the medium to like its full ex- extent. Like it's not yeah. just like, oh, there's cursing and, you know, blood in this book as opposed to reading like superheroes punch each other, but there's like really a way of like a, a magic that this medium has that you've never experienced before. A lot of people, you know, get that feeling from Sandman or something. And Morrison, their work is also very key to that. So my experience, my book was Animal Man. And that it like just broke my brain. And I was so obsessed that obviously I I wanted to read more. But their writing is so important to my like comic journey. And I'm sure a lot of people's. And it's, it's just, it's really a whole nother level for the medium what they're able to accomplish and this book really this is a good showcase of that so absolutely and yeah like they were writing both animal man and doom patrol at the same time uh the same uh event like it really strongly impacts we'll get to it later with the invasion uh, the the gene bomb event um (laughs) both impacts both those stories tremendously and like they got their their big fame afterwards with Arkham Asylum, but like I think Doom Patrol is a good gateway drug for anyone that that's like re- likes comics and likes this it. type of comic. But like, yeah, gateway drug, full pun intended, because oh yeah, yeah. absolutely, Grant Morrison well, would I like mean, you to be on drugs. <laughs> it it certainly it certainly helps. It does. Yeah. Um, but my, my my gateway into Grant Morrison was. Casey, one time I was out in the city and I stopped by your shop, your downtown shop while mm. you were working and I was like, I want something to read on the train ride home. And you sold me Invisibles? <laughs> and I that think is... that was a really mean thing to do. I think I probably yeah. could have started you with Doom Patrol. That was that was a bad call on my <laughs> so part. I, I've kind of unsuccessfully tried to start reading Morrison a few times and being forced to read this 
in like <laughs> essentially one sitting for this recording because I put it off till then. Uh, was the perfect gateway you, into because now I'm thirsty for it. I want all of it. You yeah. hadn't even read New X Men. Oh, you know what? I had read New X Men. I was gonna okay. say that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, and probably All Star Superman too. Probably some Batman and Robin or Batman yeah. Inc. Like probably some of the more contemporary. I was gonna say thing. that was my like uh, first, I guess, taste of Morrison was uh, uh, like Batman R.I.P. Batman and Robin, all that stuff. All Star Superman. So like, I feel like mine was just very tame. Um. That's even a worse one than that is one time uh, my boyfriend went into a different comic book store other than the one I work at because he's a fucking traitor. And (laughs) he asked them for for a recommendation on a horror comic and they sold him Nameless. And it's like that that book is steeped in Enochian lore. Like, I don't understand that book. Grant Morrison is the only person that understands that book so that's a really bad I like I had to convince him to give Grant Morrison a try because he was like I don't know about this guy Uh, I think you need a degree in symbology to read that book yeah 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 yeah. you need to be a chaos magician like high level of of the highest order yeah exactly I I just remember getting on the train and reading like three pages of invisibles and going man fuck Casey (laughs) yeah that is one of the most that is pure uncut unfiltered grant morrison like there is nothing pure morrison than that book in so many ways it's Mm -hmm. the craziest shit well the whole thing's a sigil we've we've talked about that in in our show a bunch of times yeah well that's (laughs) the book is a sigil because anything that they wrote king mob doing happened to them in real life like king mob got sick with some mysterious illness and then grant morrison got say anyway yeah we can talk about that yeah all day long, yeah, but do y'all want to get to the actual it. book that we're here for? Sure, sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Um, so it starts out with an intro since this is it starts with issue nineteen. So there's a one through eighteen of a book that you could probably skip. Um, because yes. this does a really good job of jumping in and letting you know where everybody's at and basically where everybody at is dead, right? <laughs> yeah, the only person from the original run that is not really that that we actually meet or care about is like niles this josh uh and Rhea, who well, are part of the original team but and like cliff. and cliff yeah. uh i guess and, you know and we have larry but they're all in different out of sorts but like you know rita is you know because of the show is such a big character but she gets killed in the first 15 issues of this run uh the just the rest of the team there's like this punk kid like there's all these ra- characters they're just all dead yeah <laughs> they're just and like eh, we're gonna start over <laughs> doom patrol was a really popular book in the 60s it was like the arnold drake run yeah right? yeah is that his name? so yeah. it wasn't was kind of like x-men ish you know um, kind of yeah. yeah but the, it's their attempt at an x-men ripoff like. the the <laughs> emphasis was on bizarre superheroes and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, it was pretty popular and then it, it kind of petered out and then Copperberg took over and like tried to make the, the book go again and it, it wouldn't. And then he tried to do it again <laughs> and it wouldn't. And yeah, one of the things is Morrison, uh, you know, they weren't really a fan of Doom Patrol, but they had felt that the book had kind of lost its core tenet of being about strange superheroes and high strangeness if you will yeah exactly so yeah i think that's a great way to put like that feels like what's missing from that first 18 issues of this run right like like said that that core weirdness yeah and they they i mean morrison leans on to 
to it to a level I'm sure no one would have else thought of. Yep. <laughs> like truly, um, if you're reading the run all together, I remember thinking this. I even think I maybe even texted Casey. Like the second Morrison takes over, I'm like, this book is just different now. Like the tone, <laughs> the look, the feel, everything about it instantly changes. And I'm like, okay, this this is where it, this is where it begins. And it's it's great. It's also Morrison trying to find themselves because they're new. They're still new to comic writing, and they feel. Yeah. different than other comic writers you know comic writers used to be like a uh, bunch of stuffy guys in a basement writing books and here Morrison is like in suits and you know just kind of like a they're they're like a rock star of comics more so uh, like especially later on but it's such yeah. a different their their personality is so different and uh yeah they, and and like genderqueer before genderqueer had a name and like mm. that comes through really strongly especially like the first like w- one of the big changes to the the remaining characters is Larry uh merging yeah. with the negative man and Eleanor so it's this like like amalgamated intersexed creature that's supposed to be like a supreme being and there's like literally three people shoved yeah, into this body exactly and like that's that feels like uh i don't even know if they knew uh, you know like h- how much that it was impacted by their their yeah. gender queerness you know um but yeah you know it comes out through much later stronger when we get to danny in the volume yeah, two or whatever absolutely um but i think yeah like that that was definitely part of it too like a, a guy a, a person who like doesn't fit in comics trying to break out you know it's definitely there writing a bunch of people like it's great because doom patrol they're weird but they're weird in universe too like all the other superhero teams are like who the fuck are these guys yeah we get to that that. it's great i love that part (laughs) What, what i love about it is like usually usually something like this it takes place in its own universe and it's like separate but like the fact that yeah. it takes place in the dc universe like super bad and everybody else is still around but doom patrol has just this it it it, it goes <laughs> by its own rules of reality than oh, yeah. everything else well, it's mm-hmm. it's they're so the only funny ones, to me that it's, they're the only it's ones that understand canon. how this reality works like superman is going to show up to the painting that ate paris and just look confused it. at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And like, like they just walk up and are like, oh yeah, you got to contradict it. And it's like, oh, yeah, of co- obviously, of course it's that. What are you talking about? <laughs> what? I just, I, I love how DC does that. Like there's, there's multiple different DC realities, but they're all just like in a soup together. Yeah. And they all just have to kind of obey by each other's laws. Yeah. No, it's amazing. I also, I love in this beginning, we're seeing just how, emotionally broken cliff is robot man oh, if you will um, he's so broken i feel like that that element to so, his character so wasn't sad. there previous to like i feel like you know you would definitely uh be bitter and and furious and want to kill the guy that created you into this monster that you are and like i, I think that's a sign of the comic times as well right yes. that's not something that was really explored in comics in the 60s and 70s like so that's yeah a big vertigo change, in the early 90s is talking about you know getting in your feels like for yeah sure. exactly and i think that was a great way to and that's why i think the the tone of this book just changed completely because like yeah the cliff's character is like centered around yeah i'm a disembodied brain and it fucking sucks mm-hmm. like uh, and then he you know that's how he befriends jane so you know and then they just kind of bond over 
trauma really yeah and that's a perfect uh, segue into the introduction of probably my favorite character i don't know cliff cliff is up there too but cliff uh, and jane are the two they're like are, the pillars the, of the doom patrol to me yeah and, and just like the way that that grant morrison characterized jane like they actually read a book called um when rabbit howls and it's about it's like a like a memoir from a person with did and so yeah. like crazy mm. jane is is based is like steeped in this real story of this this woman who has 27 personalities but wasn't like, there something as well on like um a person that went on the oprah show that was like multiple personalities and there was a whole i guess discussion about it and stuff and i feel like i remember reading something that they pulled from that as well and i was like huh, I, yeah that oprah? would not surprise me <laughs> oprah, <laughs> really? okay. uh it was just on you know <laughs> yeah, in the background right. i mean it just yeah, yeah. matched up I mean, the late 80s, early 90s, Oprah was in the background of every room anyone (laughs) I mean, let's be honest, right? (laughs) It's also interesting, uh, Jane, in contrast with Rita, um, because a team of outcasts, but, like, how is this really pretty actress? Like, sure, she can stretch, but, you know, compared to a a mummy and a robot man, she (laughs) she she didn't really fit. She was always that. She was like an outcast of the outcasts in a strange way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because she was this really famous, pretty uh, actor that could, you know, in the comic could pass yeah normal like you can't really hide being a robot person like, like, you know, but like so sh- yeah and, and then you know here comes jane and it's like immediately just left turn from rita yeah, yeah. and i just yeah, i here, love here's jane and her 63 friends <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And, and i just love the way that they took that concept of did handled it like we'll get to the the story arc going yeah. underground later where like they they handle a person with did in such a like like thoughtful and caring way it's not yeah. like look at this crazy bitch like i feel like every other comic would have you know right. um but yeah. her, her name's crazy jane i mean sure. there's like a little yes. bit of that well, yeah, one yeah, of yeah. her one of her personalities is exactly crazy. her name one is, of her is yeah. yeah but but also like the the loving and care that is taken to characterize mm-hmm. all of these different personalities in the same person and just the first introduction it's um that the hangman's daughter painting and it's like this expression yeah. of beauty and and like trauma just in like hi nice to meet you <laughs> this is my <laughs> yeah. this is my power these are my people <laughs> like, i really thought that was one of the best introductions that a comic book character ever has had in my opinion after reading that i was like oh it's like art within art excuse me you're trying <laughs> yeah. to make me think right now i'm i'm okay with this and it was yeah, like first first issue we're just yeah. all we're we're off yeah. to the races yeah. with yeah. it like it's wild it's like let's analyze yeah, paintings between, okay <laughs> yeah and then in between this we have the stuff that's going on with with larry yes yeah which is like you know he's rebus yeah originally larry's in the hospital recovering yeah. from the gene bomb and all this stuff and then the negative spirits like hey Remember that time? Remember me? We were friends? Remember me? Yeah, we're going to merge bodies with this doctor and we're going to have a party in here. <laughs> so, so no- noob question. Uh, what is the gene bomb? So gene that bomb, is, Yeah, there was an yeah. event in DC that is called invasion. pretty un... Yeah, it's called Invasion. It's pretty unforgettable as far as the rest of the DC universe is concerned, but Grant Morrison was the one person that took it and like used the actual events of the the event and and like rolled with it of like oh i'm gonna use this to change uh, some of my characters except it's also how maxwell lord got his powers and he goes on to okay. be one of the greatest villains well like terrifying villains of the D- of dc yeah, yeah. effectively so, adam there was this bomb that got dropped and anyone with a certain genome got superpowers so that's how oh. we got 
Jane, um, later on Dorothy, uh, Animal Man as well. Mm-hmm. Well, so Animal we Man already of, had powers, but it like ramped them up. It like amplified them. Yeah, That's right. yeah. Right. So, so yeah, some yeah, yeah. characters had their powers changed slightly, but like yeah. basically all you need to know is that it was a DC event that everyone else forgot about except for Grant Morrison. Yeah, and he gave a bunch of people powers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, uh, and that's right. kind of the first like issue. But like the first issue is I can't remember, like has so much information in it, and it's such like, a good it, it like it feels like a number one. You like definitely yeah, don't need to absolutely. have ever read any. You know, at this point when I when I had read it, I had never read anything previous. To it's it, so interesting you know? too because it's yeah. like out of it's called out of the wreckage, and it's like the wreckage of the old team and the wreckage of the gene bomb and the wreckage of like the old <laughs> creative team and like. It's, There's a it's lot like, of perfect. It's all this stuff, but like you know, transformation and stuff is like a big part of the the book in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and that's that's definitely like you know you could you can tell that we as we start to get into the more meta stuff, that's <laughs> that's definitely what they're going for. I think which brings us nicely into Scissorman, <laughs> which like. I'm still not even going to try to explain what they actually are. But, well, um. here's the thing. No, it's actually, they, they explain <laughs> it perfectly. And, you know, this was 30 years ago that this book was written, right? Oh, yeah. Maybe even a year more than. Um, Ish, yeah. Right so the way that. they describe it is uh, they propose to fill the book with, uh, with parasite ideas, which will enter human consciousness and transform it. So they have, like, this black book where, like, all of the different ideas are going to become um, contagious and, and alter uh reality and then calder goes she's talking about mimetic theory so literally they're memes and he's talking about nfts man he's talking about (laughs) memes getting infectious and viral and destroying humanity 30 years before it actually happened (laughs) like mimetic theory's been around for a long time but yeah the very specific of like Oh, I uh, a parasite ideas which enter human consciousness and transform it is very like god god damn god damn. Yeah, it was a book that was written to do that as a joke, then eventually was became real. It was a thought. It was, it was a not, thought experiment that like yeah. these, these philosophers did, and then it was too powerful. It became it. it grew yeah, a so life it created of this own. this own universe, this city, Orquith or whatever, and then you have these minions the, the scissormen that are popping up in our reality and literally cutting people out and taking them away yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um which because uh, of course rj pointed out while we were off mic uh that grant morrison had a really interesting way that they wrote the dialogue for the scissormen is it them that speak in anagrams or is it the other random no, speaking that nonsense sentences no, they the, speak in nonsense. The anagrams okay. was later. Later, uh, that's the Morrison, I believe. No, that's the 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 cult of the unwritten. That's right. Yeah, that, that's, yeah. yeah the, there's a lot the of weird. those. We'll get to yeah. them later. But for yeah. the scissorman, Morrison yeah. would uh, like write something and then choose autocorrect and just see which options the autocorrect would come up with and just change it because the the <laughs> book, amazing. Uh, there's a one of. Uh, his influences was William S. Burroughs, I guess. And the way that they wrote per- poetry was to cut up words and throw them around like confetti and make poems. Which, as we see later on, Jane does that to divinate, where she takes a bunch of books, t- uh, cuts them up, tosses them in the air, and then does the divination ritual to figure out what the, what the hell's going on. Um, and we've seen that in a more recent issue of Doom Patrol, that, that Becky Cloonan run, where they used books of doom patrol comics as a divination tool yeah yeah which essentially mm-hmm. is dada artwork isn't it mm-hmm. 
There you go. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah it all it all comes there back. There we go. Um, we've we've connected the dots. <laughs> we, we did. It. There, there's a really interesting way that stuff is referenced in and just by Morrison as their career in general. Uh, just you know, because like we talked about, make invisibles how it's a sigil, and they would put mm-hmm. stuff into um the book, but. There's so much of the references becoming integrated into the plot and becoming uh, like the actual, the villains or something. And it just, it's so interesting that it, it's just something that happens throughout the whole graphic novel. And uh, it, it's, <laughs> it, it just, it kind of breaks my brain. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what it's supposed to do for sure. I also really like in this this is the this arc specifically. We really get a perfect intro into Cliff as the everyman. Like Cliff yeah. is the 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 confused one, the voice of reason, the one going, "What the fuck is going on here? Can you say that in English, please?" <laughs> yeah. Like at, at one point, um, Josh gets taken by the Scissorman, who's one of the the previous members who um Calder like brings back in, and. uh like he's like, oh, they got him! Like, they, like so he's just like a like an empty cutout, and uh, Calder like puts his hand through him. And he's like, interesting. He's like, interesting. What happened to Josh? Like, he's the <laughs> yeah, only one who's like looking out for teammates and doesn't really care what's going on. Just wants to like save the day. And uh, like, yeah, like later on, I think it's like the big splash page of when they get to the uh, the ossuary, uh, like in Quirth. Yeah. He's like, you know, all of a sudden I can't think of anything remotely funny to say, and it's just like. Those little breaks where we need somebody to just go like, what is happening? You know? I, I, yeah, and it's I like, great that we have him. Yeah. I like the reflexivity of, of the cutouts, because like, the, the cover of this issue is, it's like a pair of scissors, and then Cliff and Jane with dotted lines around them, and it says, cut along the dotted line. And that's the way they draw characters being cut out of reality. It looks like they were cut out of the mm-hmm. comic itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that little bit of like awareness of itself. Yeah. Well, what is a meme if not a little bit self-aware, right? Right. <laughs> my my favorite uh Marson just meta references using himself in Animal Man to tell Themself. Animal themselves yeah. uh to tell Animal Man that he had to murder his whole family. Uh they had to <laughs> they had to murder Animal Man's, Animal Man's family because the book needed drama. Yeah. But then exactly. They could bring he's like, well bring them back. And Marzen's like, Well, it's comics, so yeah, I can bring them back. <laughs> or I'm, someone else can whenever they need them again. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so yeah. good. This this is such a hard book to talk about. Um this cause this whole story is just them going into this other unreality and figuring out what's going on. But I like you get some I guess you, you get some cool moments. You get the a few Jane personalities where they specifically talk about like these are the first times that Cliff saw it actually change her body. Mm-hmm. So you have like Black Annis, which is like oh yeah, that that one's fucking scary. Cool, like with like <laughs> these giant claws. The one I can't remember the name of it, but the one where she just gets a freaking sun for a head and shoots fireballs. Is, and is it like Sun Man or sun something? Sun Daddy like that? is one of them. Sun Daddy, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. It's like it's crazy. Also, it's one like, of the few male. Um, the uh, personalities that's that yeah, there's a few yeah, yeah they talk about that later yeah, yeah. Um, um we also get so we, the team is going into uh quirth to try and take it down from the inside but 
Calder's plan is to find the philosophers that wrote the book. And my dude literally just busts in the, like, he explodes the door and just, like, rolls in and says, ah, Raidman, I presume, may I come in already in? Like, literally. Yeah, after he just shot his door down with a missile. And then shoots him in the knee. (laughs) Like, like, the guy's like, I'm I'm not scared of a cripple. And he's just like, well, now you're a cripple too. And just shoots him in the kneecap. He's like, what is happening? Good Lord, Calder. Yeah. Yeah, and throughout all that, like we get like the probably the most Morrison thing. They realize that it can only be undone through like uh, riddles, basically, yeah. contradictions. Yeah, contradiction, and they have to ask like figure out, go through, and like ask why is there something instead of nothing. And, and there's, then there's there's a, yeah, there's the there's, two priests. There's the liar and the honest man, and they like uh, Larry asks both of them like uh, why is there something instead of nothing, and they both say yes, there is something instead of nothing, and they're like well, but if you're a liar, then why do you exist? And <laughs> it's then, just like sure, and then and then poof, <laughs> yeah, they exactly. win. The dude, so that's all we got to do to get rid of all of these memes. There's <laughs> a, ask them why they exist. There's a really right. cool. Like, uh, just the way Morrison resolves conflict through not fighting, just kind just really interested in shaking up, um, the way normal superhero books work. Yeah, I think almost every one of these arcs resolves in some sort of riddle or like divination or some sort of ritual yeah like very, it's not, very rarely is it a just punching the bad guy that happens sometimes but very rarely. sometimes they punch the bad guys in between but like the re- full-on resolutions usually some thing where like jane or someone's like yo we got to just contradict them or we have to know this code it's like oh right of course well, we have to this- know how the world works so we can use it against them which is like that's just chaos magic isn't it like <laughs> well by, by the time this book had come out claremont's x-men had had already like just completely dominated the the genre and like was so huge and monumental that everyone was trying to you know write their own claremont x-men and morrison was like well i'm just gonna do my own thing yeah (laughs) this is you know superhero comics can still can just be just like you know weirder and they don't have to uh punch things all the time Mm-hmm. Uh, and the villains could be as weird as you want them to be like the, <laughs> the villains yeah. in this book are so goddamn strange and like yep. their whole plans don't make any sense it's just like it's like it's a bad half of, dream <laughs> half of the villains are just concepts yeah, yeah. and i mean honestly like, that's relatable that's real <laughs> yeah. life like, baby that's, that's more <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's more relatable than than lex luther well no lex luther is pretty relatable there's we got a couple <laughs> evil billionaires but like it's more relatable than fucking brainiac coming down and, and fighting us like i like the concept of of memes is i mean kind of the most it, evil yeah. it's, like the it's most, an existential threat it, it's yeah. just so <laughs> funny to like well the you know you naming yourself after an art movement like the brotherhood of dada like you're naming yourself after an art movement yeah. that is the whole purpose of the movement of art is to not mean anything so it's like yeah. well okay then obviously like, what are we what, what are we doing what are we here? doing like exactly people, people what are, are we yeah. doing here people, yeah people exactly. were tripping reading over a comic them. book you know like, yeah well let's let's move along to get to that to get to the brother dada i also really like just before quick before we move to the next story arc at the end of beating the the scissorman Calder's kind of like, okay, so I offered you guys all to join back up with the Doom Patrol. 
you know, you're in it now. You want to do this? And they all kind of put their hands in the circle. And my favorite is Cliff going, anything to avoid a quiet life. And then just putting his hand in. <laughs> it's like constantly the yeah. most relatable. And it's another one of those things. Like they're, these are very clearly for Cliff. Obviously he's a robot person. Uh, mm-hmm. You got Rebus who is three people in mm-hmm. one now. Mm-hmm. Um, Jane, who's institutionalized. Cause she, all of one, she has DID and two, half those personalities have powers. I'm like, where else are they going to go? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, the show cool. handles they, that very well. And, um, and yeah. Cliff, Cliff needs the chaos. Cause like, I feel like the more, the more in danger he is and the more of these adventures he's in, he's not thinking about the fact that he's just a brain in a jar. Yeah. And it, I think like, that's a big part of it. He can kind of yep. get lost in himself. Like not yeah. quite as lost in himself. And Doesn't he's, he- he's engaged. Doesn't bit, he have yeah. an opportunity to quit? And he's like, I, you know what? Never mind. I like it here. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's like, yeah, I think that's the same thing. It's like, yeah, actually, I kind of like it here. And, it, you know, they become friends with I everybody. Think so that's a big part of it, too. I think him meeting Jane changed him yeah. wanting to stick with the yeah, team. Yeah, because this, this first yeah, issue is like, leave. yeah, this yeah. first issue is you you can go fuck yourself and tell Niles right. I said so too. Like, that's yeah. just, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he meets Jane and I think there's a, you know, they deal with it more in the show, but that like paternal instinct to take care of her and make sure that she's okay. And yeah, like yeah. Adam was saying, it's like, I can disassociate my weird shit and just <laughs> make sure she's okay. And that's yeah. like, yeah. and that, you know, that endears him that much more. And it's like almost like she has a chance still type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like he, yeah, I think, and no yeah, one else. Definitely... She wouldn't let else anyone in. So, like, I'm the only one that can do that. Like, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so moving on to uh, Red Jack and the Butterfly Collector, oh, dude. This book is this again, one. I just this one stands overstate. out as as one of my favorite villains. Um, specifically because like Morrison does that thing where they like take a, a character from history that like has a lot of uh lore mm-hmm. and a lot of like interest and a lot of like that sort of thing and then just be like oh no yeah no that was a literal god <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know? and, and a literal god with the weirdest character design we could think of yeah exactly like the ca- the character designs in this in this series yeah, right. he looks so like um crazy the character looks like he popped right off a playing card yeah, right yeah i'm gonna yeah, be great. honest Red yeah it just reminds me of johnny sorrow <laughs> which is a jsa villain uh, uh yeah, I mean, I'm that's also, that's, I'm sure. It's fine. No, I'm There's sure probably that's part not, of it. That, that's probably not accidental either, RJ. Yeah. No, I'm sure, I'm sure that is that is very purposeful. And I, I love, you know, this is kind of getting ahead of it a little bit, but like as they're fighting, after, after they defeat Red Jack, uh, Cliff says to um, to Larry or Rebus, is just like, do you think he was a god? And he's like, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't really care. That's not my problem. Um. But even before we get to that, uh, the, there's a part like I think it's really uh, Cliff leaning in to the to, yeah. to being in the Doom Patrol again. He gets the get up. He gets the outfit. I think this is also yeah. the Grant Morrison self insert of like, yeah, I'm going to put him in a badass uh, leather jacket with like inexplicable uh, metal shoulder caps and big fuck you boots. Well, like that's also yeah, Morrison it. did it with Animal Man and X-Men and mm-hmm. uh-huh. just puts leather jackets on everyone. Just put them on leather. Yep. Just put, put them in leather. It's all, you know. I think there's a there's an effort specifically to have everyone look a very specific way because even like Rebus looks very like specific like trench color Cody. of the jacket. Yeah, yeah. Trench Cody, yeah. There's even some moments in here with Rebus talking to the doctor's husband. Uh, it's like he's just like 
that's brutal <laughs> yes oh man yeah that that happens he, in he's just like what you're just gone now like you're not this person like yeah sorry can i have these um these, do- these, these dolls nesting- are pretty can i have can this? i have one of some of these nesting dolls because they're pretty and it reminds <laughs> me of you <laughs> jesus christ yeah and then this is also where we get an introduction to dorothy um dorothy just yeah. shows up and um and like is talking to josh and just kind of like oh hey you know like uh N- niles heard what happened after the gene bomb and i got these powers so like he invited me to come here and then like josh is just like oh shit there's a giant bug get back and she's like go away <laughs> just get get back in my head and that's just like what a good introduction to a character that we find out that she can make her imaginary characters come to life <laughs> yeah yeah Perfect. and tell them to go away yeah <laughs> you stop that you're being bad uh yeah so red jack basically just kidnaps the unconscious Rhea to be his wife um because this and this is where we start getting the first hints of what is going on with her she has powers and stuff we've we've met her in the old run of the doom patrol but this whole time she's literally in a coma and Mm -hmm. there's something going on with her that's transforming her in some way but we have no idea other than that um so like, yeah, also, don't give me my unconscious friend back you fucking creep yeah and this is this is where like they go to visit ray at the hospital and jane just loses it and starts like following she's like oh it came in through here we gotta go and then uh, cliff is just like playing damage control of like she's a superhero it's fine it's fine just go back yeah. to work just ignore ignore us and then uh as rj sent a, a snapshot of the there's a good, really good panel of her just busting through the plate glass window of a bookstore. Just like, lose, use the door, you maniac. <laughs> just says books, books, books. Yeah, that's when she does, like, cuts that's up when she all does the, the divination. Does the divination, yeah. Yeah. To figure um, out where she went. And that's how they that's how they find Red Jack's dimension. They just, like, open a door and he's there. And then, like, oh. they go in, the door shuts behind them, and the nurse, like, opens it be- again. And they're like, oh, Also, yeah, okay, they that's... find it by naming the victims of Jack the Ripper. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which, um, as a... Jack the Fish, Jack the Ripper, fish, uh, lore aficionado. I, pre- yes. <laughs> I was like, I know those names. <laughs> <laughs> and they do kind of the same, like Ray Jones, RJ, Red Jack. Like they like they go through. Yeah, yeah. this one. RJ, wait, oh, RJ, are you are you Jack the Ripper? Are you no. are you a god? Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, All shit. this time. All, All this, this time. time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't look that good in a bathrobe. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the crown. You don't have one of these. Just. I think, you can get, I think you can get your hair to do that. They did a pretty cool thing in the in the, well, at least in the TV show um, that they were doing for this uh, Red Jack thing. They did a lot of body horror um, when I was watching. I was just like really surprised that how well it was working. Um, they did the whole like pupa state of the Doom Patrol, like in you know chrysalises, as if they were you know transforming into butterflies. All the mm-hmm. whole meta behind it with them having their transformation being the Doom Patrol, uh-huh. yada, yada, yada. All that cool stuff that you want to like sit alone in a room and think to yourself about, they hit it. Um, but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty cool how they kind of went the more horror side with this and played into the Jack the Ripper stuff and uh, a yeah. little bit more, I don't want to say gruesome, but it was more of a horror-based thing than they were doing uh, other Doom Patrol episodes. So it's pretty neat. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I, I think... Because I think they kind of gloss over a little bit of like the key the, like the real linchpin of here like with all the butterflies mm-hmm. it's like oh those are 
specifically there to be tortured. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like that's like that's not touched on as much in this in the show that was like, oh, yeah. this dude's bad fucking news. The fact that like Larry <laughs> saw that and had that realization, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, Larry was like, yeah. oh my god, these are all people in agonizing pain. Oh, like. Yeah, oh, yeah, my heart. <laughs> yeah, it changes like the whole concept yeah. of like, oh, it's not just this like God who's like selfish. It's like, oh no, this is a bad, he's a dude. crazy person. Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, the, I, I think the book does a good job of, especially this arc with existential horror. Yeah, but yeah, that's hard absolutely. to tap into in a, in a live action TV show as 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 easily as you can in a book. Like, it's it's possible mm-hmm. to be done, but like, you really gotta like sit some time with it you know whereas the show yeah the show turning it into body horror was a perfect yeah resolution to that instead of spending a whole arc on on him i love the way that the the storyline concludes with like there's a there's a knife that stabs someone but it's also just kind of like a knife in an existential crisis that they didn't see the knife coming <laughs> right yeah just like uh, it, it just wraps up that jane sees the butterflies and it's like it lets them go it's like did, it, did i do a good job like yes yes you did because <laughs> that was the source yeah he was that, literally feeding off pain and that was the source of all of his power and he just and just dies you know just just get letting the butterflies loose is probably a good thing to do even if that wasn't gonna kill the guy <laughs> so yeah. like it was just like oh yeah i, I just let them free is that cool like, yeah because the 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 implication is that these are all previous victims of jack the ripper well because yeah he like yeah transformed into butterflies he manifests every hundred years and and is allowed into our realm so the last time it was Whitechapel, and now he's doing it again so yeah Yeah. exactly yeah i think they did a really good job of doing that like depicting that in in the show episode um where i'm just sitting here and afraid but my brain is gonna be stabbed Uh, while reading the comic well (laughs) (laughs) always run that risk i kept like looking out the window every once in a while to make sure i wasn't you know just floating through space (laughs) i mean we're all floating through space man just looking for that one black dot adam (laughs) yeah yeah right yeah that we'll get to that which i guess kind of is like the next part of this book too god yeah, we picked like one of the most dense trades. I think. Yeah, we ever really did. This is about. gonna be this is gonna be a long one. Buckle in. Um, We're getting through it. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, so now the next story arc is um a very brief one. Imaginary friends, where we find out more about the way that Dorothy's powers work. Um, and yeah, she it's her imaginary friends come to life, and specifically imaginary friends that that she created because of her like trauma. Uh, yeah, of, very like, similar to Jane, really. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like she um has like a physical deformity so she's always been picked on and she said she like she used to watch a lot of tv and didn't really leave the farm back where she's from because she would get picked on when she did so uh she accidentally manifests um i forget yeah. that it's like come home come home honey lady honey come and, home or something like that yeah yeah uh darling come That's home it. And then uh, the, I forget the guy's name, the, the billion eyes. Um, oh yeah, they're fucking creepy. Man. Yeah, they're creepy as shit. But it, basically, it's it's like they're trying to make her wear these these red shoes, and it's like it's also connected to like when she got her period, the tr- like like it it like puddled in and her the- shoe and it turned the shoe red, and like mm. you know like so so there's like a lot of different traumas all kind of compiling together into into this <laughs> yeah. manifestation. She's, she's, she's ele- and yeah. she's 11 too so she, like yeah 
doesn't so, know how to process it at all. Yeah, and no one no one ever explained to her that there would be blood. It's like, that's yeah, traumatizing right. if you don't give, teach kids sex ed. Like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> yeah. But this yeah, kind of reminds me of that Twilight Zone episode with the kid that can just manifest horrors. Like, oh yeah like, like the jack but that the kid box. was a sociopath uh right. this one <laughs> she's I mean, just it's still horrific things that she keeps conjuring yeah. she's just yeah. very powerful and can create these manifestations um, and and josh helps her to realize that she can control them that it's that she's uh, like that she is she's in charge in charge and it's, it's she just has to be strong and have the willpower and then she can put them back in the box and she she embraces it and puts on the red shoes you know like so yeah. that's Except for the one manifestation that she can't really control, which we we meet later. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's, the, the, that's a the, different story. Yeah, um, the there's also maker. like there was also like a background story of this like the, the the Justice League was like, hey, we left a like really important piece of technology there. Could you? We just left you? a bunch of shit in the basement. Can yeah. you get that for it's us? Like it's like pretty. <laughs> it's like world ending. Could you grab that? Good, thanks. Appreciate you. So yeah, like, they just left a bunch of old artifacts that they've like captured from other people or like had powers and stuff. It's like why would you just leave that in the basement? Like, uh, you know, we we only had the U-Haul they, for two days, so they left we, uh, <laughs> Booster and, and Blue Beetle for pickup duty and just like. <laughs> They didn't do <laughs> yeah, it. They, they just said, fuck they, it. Yeah, just come out. But yeah, that's, that seems to be bagels. the thing that's, that's um, uh, whatever this device is, seems to be amplifying her power. So that's, Josh is able to destroy it and kind of like talk to her and like, that's kind of the re- resolution to that one. Um, which brings us to the brother Dada. Dada. Um, which, which as throughout the last few issues, there's <laughs> been these like cryptic last like two page like elsewhere in in Paris and in London and in like all these different places introducing who will become the new Brotherhood of Dada. Um, so yeah, so then we get like the full like like real yeah. introduction and in that having them all come together. I don't even know how to how to. <laughs> I got this. We got we got Mister Nobody. Weird. Yeah. We have Mr. Nobody, who uh-huh. I love how they describe, like, everyone who looks at him is like, I can't quite see you. Yeah. Like, he's, like, almost off their vision, but he's, like, this... He's, he's like, a the peripheral be- being, yeah. Um, He was transformed through this experiment um, and slowly went insane by sitting in a white room and saw a dot uh, over the course of three days and ex- <laughs> experiment three days and, and got stretched powers. on for billions of years. Eons. Yeah, Eons. it just felt like an eternity, so he just went absolutely bonkers. well he also had a like some type of shot into his spinal column that like god only knows what experimental lsd yeah. they put in yeah. straight into yeah. his dome that shit broke my uh, head like th- this is one of those moments where i had to like i had to put this down and like <laughs> yeah am I, am I nobody <laughs> yeah. oh my <laughs> that god shit was rough man uh, um, we have Sleepwalk, who only has powers when she's asleep. Uh huh. Which she gets really pissed about because they go all these places. Like, she's oh, like, I always, I always wanted to go to Japan, to, go to, to, to Tokyo. It's <laughs> no. bullshit. I love her costume. Um, I like that she has like, yeah. like pauldrons on the shoulder, on her shoulders that are just little beds. Like, and, I, she's, yeah. and she's got like two kissing faces on her eyes. Like, it's yeah. like just two. It's a great. It's a great again. Design. Great characters um, that they brought into the live action series. It was pretty awesome seeing the side-by-side comparison of the sleepwalk is one of my favorite designs and especially like the the yeah. powers of smoke that they're all using and it's all colorful and everything yeah. and it's like that's yeah. that's good comic book right there <laughs> yeah yeah i think a lot of these ended up into the um in the show in the last mm-hmm. season because we have the fog yeah. which is a big one um yeah. which could he create he can create this mystical fog that 
can eat people and some of them can't get out. So he's constantly, whenever he's talking, you can hear it's the, the turmoil people talking of to other him. people. Yeah. Yeah. So they're talking to him. Um, we have Frenzy, which is the guy with the bicycle on his back, right? That does yeah. has, yeah. like the wind power. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then, then there's the quiz, the quiz, which is like my fucking the we were talking about this a little bit <laughs> earlier. Like one is like a complete like um germaphobe, du- afraid of dust. So she's in this like gas mask suit thing that just has a bunch of question marks on it <laughs> but uh their power is they have all of the powers that you haven't thought about so if yeah. you think about it they lose the power which i think is just like the yeah. most so they're like thing. okay okay get rid of our uh, uh, flight um with uh invulnerability uh it's like but you didn't think about uh the fact that i can make a giant bottle that you can't break yeah. and it, i can put you in and it's just like well, it's okay. super breath super breath is apparently very super important. breath yeah <laughs> i don't think there's there's anything more morrison than going from a comic book superhero like a supervillain team of the brotherhood of evil to the brotherhood of dada named after (laughs) just an absurdist art movement and it's like if you ever trip over yourself trying to feel like you're not grasping like the the book on an intellectual level it's just like just look up dada and be like okay you're you're fine just just roll you just gotta roll with it it's all just the juxtaposition yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And that that is so Morrison to me. Just it's like, here you go. You have a bunch of yeah. bunch of uh, you know modern art people as villains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I also exactly. like as as uh, Mister Nobody is specifically explaining. He's just like fuck the Brotherhood of Evil, like good evil, uh, outmoded concepts for an antique age. And then he goes on to say like, look at us. Are we not final proof that there is no good, no evil, no truth, no reason? Are we not proof that the universe is a drooling idiot with no fashion sense? And it's just like... <laughs> it's comic books. There you go. Yeah. He, he couldn't couldn't sum it up better. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Just just absurdist for absurdist sake and just destroy the world with absurdity. And yeah, which, so which leads us into uh, the painting that ate Paris, which I think is one of my favorite doom patrol story arcs in general this was one of like the single comics that i had uh you know Mm. just jumping into it because it had the justice league in it and i was like oh let me i'm taking this it's like i didn't know what it was about i saw the just i saw superman i was like yeah of course i'll take this and i really be like i'm sorry what did i i yeah i don't understand this put it on my shelf give me about 10 more years i'll get it in the big trade oh i got it now oh yeah now we got it yep i love how this starts with a heist yeah, they oh, have yeah. to steal it. They have to steal it first, <laughs> and then we get the whole history of the painting, which, like, uh, I've been doing a lot of reading Googling. about random. <laughs> no, just like random reading and stuff. A lot of the names of like occult people and oh, spiritualists yeah. and mysticism. Yeah, I get a lot of references now, and it's fucking great. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, just even making it it's like you know, uh, it, it inspired uh, a picture of Dorian Gray and. Uh, uh, what's his face uh, was uh, Oscar Wilde was notoriously enemies with uh, uh, Alistair Crowley and there's like all of these other little pieces that kind of and they talk about all these people they talk about Osman Spare who's like a you know famous occultist and stuff yeah. like that and how it's gone throughout history and it's just great that it kind was of in, it was in a, able to piece stuff together yeah it was in like Horst Eismann's uh, vault and the Nazis stole it after they occupied yeah. Paris and yeah like it hits all of the occult notes you know yeah, so we just get this great heist, and we get to show off all these powers, and he's 
they're just taking this from this museum of absurdity of this rich dude who lives on top of a mountain um has and they just kind of roll in and do all this and take it and it's and then they just i mean go to to be fair a rich guy living on top of a mountain should have all of his possessions stolen and redistributed to the public because why would you have gorgeous art just sitting well, on top of a mountain he's for also no one an, to look at? He's also an oddity himself, there she I is. believe. There's Casey. Uh, welcome to <laughs> the modern art world. It sucks. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I fucking hate it. Well, then Mr. Nobunny is the man for you. <laughs> um, so just effectively, they just bring the painting to Paris and uh, I love this, and I'm sure you did too, this interaction with the cops yes holy Uh, shit dude i i I dog-eared it hold let let me find the page um what is like we get a a show off of the powers too because they just randomly start turning people into stuff like they turn like people into like a toilet one of them's turned into a chicken like you sure you uh want to fuck with us still (laughs) yeah and then like the cops are pointing a gun at mr nobody like that's gonna work and said that's it stop moving or you're it's like yeah mr nobody says I'm afraid I can't understand a word you're saying. I don't speak fascist. <laughs> ah. And then he gets like turned into a toilet. I like how the quiz deals with the bullet, too. Like, the, the cop yeah. shoots, and the bullet just gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it falls on the ground. Yeah, that's a, not yeah. a power you thought of. That's... I would have never thought of that superpower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> A rebigulator. Like, reverse so the yeah. one ring. Because <laughs> it starts out bigger and smaller, you know. <laughs> I like it. Yep. So this is when they activate the painting, and it just literally sucks all of Paris into it, and it's just sitting in the middle of a Empty dirt desert. field now. Yeah. yeah, and it's just there's this painting, and I love again. It this works. is where we. This is probably <laughs> the issue that we ended sequence. up. Yeah. Um, and this is where we get the Justice League, uh, or part of a, uh, or part of them gets the, sent. Well, this, is, this seems to be the Justice League International, which I love. Yeah, so it's... Booster and Animal Man get sent to look at, and, and Blue Beetle. Out. Oh, and Blue Beetle, of course, because you know, they, they were already making bagels together. So. <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about these guys. <laughs> yeah. I just like how they're looking at it like, what the fuck is this? Like, what the hell is going on? And the Doom Patrol are like, can you fucking move, please? <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's a great interaction between Animal Man and Cliff, uh, where it's just like, oh, hi there, you must be Robot Man. And Cliff says, and you must be the guy who states obvious things and it's just like, I, and like fuck out of my I, way i love reading this again now because i read robot man as brendan fraser mm. now i mean you have to i right? am so happy that's my head canon now and it's i just love it i so was much. telling everyone <laughs> earlier that there is a comic where the team um of superheroes that uh like is the main character they i forget what book it is but they they go to um they're new like they have to take refuge in a new headquarters and their headquarters is like loosely connected to where the doom patrol were at the time and they're like what's down this hallway it's like oh this is where the doom patrol live and they open it and it's just this fucking like twilight zone like upside down <laughs> uh, like just nightmare and they're like fucking no nope. it's just a dolly painting yeah and then, and then <laughs> yeah, you just close yeah, yeah. it and then they're let's like, lock that it. door let's this will put a sign that says do not enter Maybe yeah. it's so Maybe funny. Put a second lock on it. <laughs> I gotta find what book that is. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just like yeah. And they just roll in and they like, um, they figure out that this is another one that they can activate the painting through contradiction. Mm-hmm. Um, talk and then Rebus is like, look, I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm, I am I'm the, the avatar, avatar of, contradiction, of contradiction, black and white, male and female, and one body. And then, boom, they're in the painting. Yeah, and then, and and then Booster, uh, Booster and, and Blue Beetle are like, what the, how did they do that? Where did they go? 
<laughs> yeah, and then they proceed to. Um, oh, I I just get realized their that ass the, is handed the, to them. <laughs> I just realized that there's a panel where you can see the Justice League actually looking into the pants. Yeah, yeah from you can see them outside of them. Yeah, uh-huh. it's great. That's yeah, awesome. Booster and Animal Man are looking into. Yeah. Yep. And then they just and then go, just kind of explore. They go through all the different levels of the painting because it's a painting and a painting in, in and forever. Di- and each level is a different art, art style. style. Yep. And it's art like because of course it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> so many of the stories in this book involve the Doom Patrol getting sucked into weird things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I feel like course. that's half of their adventures. Yeah. Well, especially because trapped in you know, like, weird cities. And yeah, there, there's yeah. multiple there's multiple instances where. Uh, everyone's like, Cliff, stop, wait, we don't know what we're getting into. And he's like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go punch it. And then it's like, yep. now, okay, we're in. <laughs> we and that makes it worse, them. too, a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just love that mentality of like, I don't know what's going on, I'm gonna go punch it, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um. Yeah. Yeah, this is where we kind of get the action, which we don't get a lot in Grand Morrison, where they just kind of, since they've been living in the painting, I think they kind of understand the world a little bit, and they just kind of beat the hell out of the Doom Patrol. Yep. Um, <laughs> but I think my the biggest takeaway from this particular issue is, like, or not issue, but, like, arc is the Jane in the, surre- I think she's in the Surrealist section fighting the fog. Yes. And just, like, he tries to suck her in, and, like, I was like, why didn't anyone tell her that there's tell me that there's sixty fucking people in there? Uh, and just like yeah. spits and like spits her back out. It's like, yo, my, I got enough in my brain already with all the other I people. Can't like, with I this. can't. That's yeah, too many. It's, it's like it's like trying to take a picture on your phone, but all your memory is full. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Just like, nope. Yeah, it's like I, do, I don't out. have enough room for this sixty gigabyte lady. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> And that's kind of when the, um, I think it's, yeah, and, like, that issue is when, like, Superman shows up, and he's just, like, also, like, looking at this, the painting, just like, what's going on? It's like, bro, uh, what are you doing here? Like, get the <laughs> hell out of here. He seems like, to, like, it, he seems to be able to see stuff in the painting, like, right when he walked in, and I was wondering if he was trying to look at it with x-ray vision, like, would that even help? I mean, he's definitely oh, got, yeah, like, supervision, like, better vision than anyone else that's looking at it, so he can probably see details that other people wouldn't, you know? Like, that's that's gotta be part of it. But, we also get to the the entire issue or two that's all narrated by Frenzy, who is illiterate, and, like, that uh, that took a minute. That, get, that gets difficult to that read. That gets difficult. <laughs> you have to kind yeah. of, that's... You have to turn your brain off and and yeah. read phonetically in a way that like it takes a minute to get used to, and then once you do it, you're like, oh, I, I I've lost my mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once it was the moment where I didn't notice it anymore, and it all just started to That's just like I was exactly. able to read that way. I was like, ah, oh, God, like it. You could feel it. I could feel my brain starting to twist. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. The- yeah. No, I I did did the exact same thing. Where it's just like I've eventually I've officially lost my fucking There's mind. There's so many I, I- <laughs> cool ways Morrison plays with speech uh, in this book. Yeah. And the uh, the people who talk in sentences, but then they have a second converse- second line of dialogue in brackets, but the brackets yeah. make yeah. sense reading together, but not if you read it all the like. Oh, yeah, the, like the, the, um, it's like the, the fog. The fog, the fog yeah, is talking. Yes, yes, all yeah, the- yeah. My strategy yeah. with the fog is read everything that wasn't in parentheses and then yes. read everything that was in parentheses. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like a call and re- it's because it's them responding. And, it, and it's also in the parentheses. It's different people that are stuck in the fog 
fighting with yeah. each other. Mm, yeah. yeah. It's, gotcha. <laughs> and so it's like it gets, if you try to read it all at once, you're not going to get through it. Um, right. And then we get to the big climactic battle of, of the, you know, inside the painting. And it's the fifth horseman arriving. And yeah, the fifth horseman of Gnostic legend mm-hmm. and gospel, which yep. is extinction and oblivion. Uh, I also love this, at one point uh, the, they're, they're trying to explain what's going on. It's just like um, it's one of the angels of the apocalypse, you know, death, war, famine, plague. And uh, and then uh, Mr. Nobody's like Belgian sitcoms. It's just like, <laughs> it's like sure. My guy. This, so this splash page of the horse coming out of the water. <laughs> with, yes. with no skin. It's a skin. Yeah, talk about horse. some body horror. Yeah, like, yeah, holy yeah. shit. I just like, yeah. uh, that's a big horse. It's like, yep. <laughs> but yeah, then they realize that Jane is the only one that can, can conquer it. So, yeah. Well, it's, they have to, it gathers entries through symbolism and eventually, effectively, they have to change the symbol at each level. And she's the only one. And she like gets inside of it to try to control and change it. Mm hmm. And effectively, I think they end up turning it into like a, a rocking horse because they change. Um, she's able to change. And yeah, the when they when it gets spit out of the painting and she changes it into a rocking horse. I also love yeah. like while while they're like watching Jane try to conquer the 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 fifth horseman. Uh, <laughs> Mister Nobody just says, "Well." If we're all going to die, we may as well be uh, may as well be thinking about something stupid. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it feels like yeah. the uh, choose your destroyer in Ghostbusters. Like it's like, uh, yeah, sure. Why don't we <laughs> just turn it into something ridiculous? It just popped in there. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy. This this book just talking about this book breaks my brain. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit difficult to. And yeah, and then and then it goes back to the Justice League, and it's just Superman just kind of tapping on it, and just being like, "Yeah, how does this thing?" How yeah, his do, big contribution was that, and like carrying Jane because she's unconscious after this. Yeah, and that's yeah. like that's Superman's entire contribution to this to this uh, to this issue. Yeah, it's just walking which is up fantastic. and going weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious, kind of going back to what you said, Nathan, like picking this up. It's like, oh, Superman it got did me it. into it. That, I mean. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's smart. It's it's a smart tactic. I'll bet that at some point someone in, in DC was like, yo, the, the the sale we need better sales, throw Superman on it. And Grant Morrison's like, see. I'll do I'll do you one better. <laughs> I'll put all of that them in the there and too. then have them just Yeah. But Morrison yeah. just loves Superman. I'll just have them stand so. around. I mean that too. That's yeah. true. <laughs> but like this kind of goes back to what we were talking about where they're the misfits of the DC universe. Like they're all just like, Yeah, these guys are weird. But like they show up anyway because something because Paris disappeared. So obviously the Justice League is yeah. going to show up because the whole fucking it's city just, vanished. But like, they don't know what to do. It's so funny to me just the way that the other DC yeah. heroes are like these guys are. What is happening? But you need yeah, them yeah, because they all you know. Some, what yeah. if Paris gets sometimes, eaten by a painting? Right. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. the very weird shit happens, and you need the very weird superheroes to step in. Yeah. Like, no. These guys. These guys are too weird for me. And I fight Mr. Mr. Mixelpick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I feel like these like, guys could handle Mr. Mixelpitlick pretty easily. Like, uh, yeah, just like. Probably like if better than Superman. Super Patrol, was like, can. there's a fifth dimensional guy who wants me to say his name backwards. And like, we got it. That's him. it? <laughs> yeah, Jane would have figured that shit out like in two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, two minutes. Done. 
Um, speaking of Jane, so she's catatonic after they get spit out of the painting, Ugh. and that leads us into going underground. And Probably my favorite. Yeah. Arc, yes, it's uh, incredible. In the whole and, run. and like uh, Rebus specifically tries to like channel her psychically and like go into her brain, but there's all these like these like stop gaps. There's firewall like preventing him. She from pretty much in there. kicks her out. It's like yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so. Uh, Rebus becomes the conduit between he just literally like holds Cliff's brain in a jar and holds Jane and then like helps Cliff go into sure. Jane's underground. I laughed uh, out loud at this part sure. that he just reached into the jar and just like literally held his brain. It's like he probably didn't need to literally touch his brain, right? Like <laughs> I like how they just go slimy. talk about I like how they talk about his descent into being literally a brain in a jar because he has literally no senses, nothing. He has no awareness at all, but he's still active and thinking. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like he has to kind of hold on to his sense of self while you know before he's dissented and is able to like manifest himself again in jane's mind it's i thought that was really interesting i thought it was cool that he manifested himself in his robot body and not as he as like in his it's cliff's regular self and and it's also you know jane wouldn't recognize him and especially jane's other personalities would not trust a man they don't recognize in the underground so yeah i feel like that has to be part of it too right um, yeah, yeah. And this I love is one this of the few people get... that they can trust, and uh, they don't trust very many men. Uh, and also, same girl, same. And he's not even uh, a yeah, man; they... he's just a brain in a jar. Exactly, it's a brain in a jar. Yeah, and I love that this again, where we get much like you know, this is the only time we really get to see the different uh, personalities as they uh, are, as what they truly are, instead of just seeing them as K's body manifesting the personality. Other than the body transfigure, like I like yeah. you know the. Um, the conductor, the driver eight, eight is dri- driver eight. She's literally ju- just a train conductor. It's great. I, I love <laughs> yeah. that. And it just kind of descends from there. They like her brain is like a like a railroad system and like the, like just like a whole city. I guess it's just like yeah. I think it was the only way for them to organize because they are all like effectively autonomous mm-hmm. inside of yeah. them like some of them come up when they want so they needed a way so it wasn't just compartmentalizing in your own station and everything yeah yep yeah it's such a cool way to do like that. i said it's a yeah it's a because it, it's it makes perfect sense yeah right you know like that the, yeah of course oh right yeah they just have a station they get on the train when they want to go up and then they go back down perfect like uh, i like this i think whenever i think of this like did this is how i think of it now because i feel like this just makes so much sense to explain it that way yeah I like this panel where we see all of them in like a crowd and one of them is just a nun with a chainsaw. It's like, I want to know more about the nun with the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I also love that it, it kind of takes like uh, Sherlock's mind palace and like you, you take a, a fictional concept and you put it into physical space mm. to, mm-hmm. to organize it, you know, like so like you, you, you take the concept of all these personalities and you only are able to organize it by giving it a a spatial representation of that. Um, Right. So yeah, just expanding on other literary concepts, uh, in his own own way. I love how hammerhead is a, has a hammerhead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like shit like that is, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so effectively cliff gets into the very surface level part of the underground, but we kind of, we learn a little bit about, Kay and Jane and we're like and Jane Miranda. is a personality. We learn about Miranda being the personality that when the last time something like this happened, she 
put threw herself down the proverbial well, which is very bad. Basically, <laughs> just like like psychic suicide. Um, yeah, which, which throws everything into upheaval. Um, right, yeah. considering they were, I think they deferred in the show as like a primary someone who's mainly up and in charge. Um, Miranda was one of those, as yeah. long, along with Jane. I think the show handled this so well. It really did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I think that they, was they took hit. this and expanded on it in such a great throughout, way. like yeah. all three seasons too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but specifically the part where he has to go rescue Jane from the yeah. well it like like that and i feel like it yes. got it got a little bit more fleshed out like it was like multiple i think it even it was part of that like when season two had to be cut off yeah. early so it was in season two and three so it just it felt like it got mm-hmm. the the space it to did. breathe it a really little did. bit you know yeah but this these yeah. issues are just so jam-packed that it feels like it's an entire story arc but really it's just like two issues uh, yeah, and like yeah. you said, like yeah, and you could expand it over all these episodes because like they just talk about like how yeah they talk about there's 64 personalities and like there's some they don't even see much because they're specifically they only exist to take on trauma yeah. and pain. Yeah, and it's like Jesus Christ, uh-huh. <laughs> like that's got to be so brutal. And like you just kind of learn about all this stuff, and then we finally get they finally let him pass, and then we see the root of the trauma which is just just the worst yeah. just the yeah. just the worst like <laughs> yeah no it's it's Ugh. pretty it's pretty incredible how how emotionally crippling this is without really explicitly saying the abuse that she endured we know the severity of the abuse that she endured yeah we, at the hand of her father yes. specifically yeah. um, which makes it obviously just that much more just horrifying the just such a dad just such yeah. a yeah. gross slob, <laughs> but like also a scary monster all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think they did such a good job of doing it because like it would always happen when she was doing puzzles, mm-hmm. and it's just like the way they do the puzzle pieces throughout as they get farther and farther down. It's like, oh, I'll just do your puzzle, and this thing, giant beast, is like yelling at her. It's just like Jesus Christ. But this is where I think that Cliff Jane dynamic really starts because like or solidifies. Um, because Cliff is like, yo, we're gonna fuck this dude. <laughs> we're gonna fucking, we're gonna, and helps Jane like um, confront that that trauma and pain, and actually to to save Cliff effectively. Um, and I think that's a really great. That's where that relationship I think starts. It really kind of clinches for me through the rest of the run, and then it just becomes like really special throughout the whole the whole run for Morrison. Really, yeah, absolutely. And again, on the flip side, I think they did. To me, that's like the core of the show. Yeah, I think that's the bedrock that the whole show is built on is the relationship between the two of these. Well, and also, uh, I characters. think I think one of the the big differences that's like both a strength and a weakness for the for the book and the show, right? Like, I think yeah. the show makes their trauma and their character development the the spotlight of the show, and then this wild shit happens around yeah. them. And the book <laughs> yeah. has all this wild shit at the forefront, and then through the, that wild shit, we get to explore the character development. Um, yeah. And I think it works well on, on both mediums. Like I, I, I don't I know agree. if I would change it in either way, because like I don't know if if 
they would really get good ratings if you just jump in with scissor yeah. <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you, you got to keep the show going by making it a little bit more approachable and then oh by the way there's sex ghosts you know? <laughs> it's, like- it, it, it is cool how they how they mass market something like this for like a, a yeah. binge watching audience like it's like okay here's this really out there thing how do we make this accessible for any tv viewer yeah. You you make the viewer feel like they can relate to the robot man, right. <laughs> and that's how you do it. Relate yeah. to all of them, honestly. Um, I mean, like that show. The way yeah, it no. Does it, yes. Oh my god, it's just like yeah, knocking down problems. Nate has. It's like, yep, that check check that one, check that one. <laughs> you got it. This there show it is. Was there made it for is. Me. Yeah, it's, um, and the book as well. The, I mean, that was one of the main reasons why I started like getting into like Doom Patrol. You know, during Volume One and Volume Two, was that because I had the thought of. There's nothing else that it, like reads like this. There's nothing else that makes me like think really hard about what did I just read? I need to read that again to comprehend it. You know, I was just mm-hmm. looking at the pretty panels and just flipping the page and I still didn't understand the story. Let me go back and still figure it out cuz you know, at the end of any other comic book if you want, I was reading a lot of Superman at the time and you skip to the end of the page, it's a big old punch or whatever giant fight and stuff and mm-hmm. you'd be set it done with it. Nothing that needs to like contradict, you know, your own concept of comic books and all that stuff. But Morrison was doing it, <laughs> or your own concept of your exactly. reality. <laughs> like for that me, like realizing, yeah. like I'm a weird kid, like I'm an outcast kid. I never read literature <laughs> yeah. that was like, hey, you probably are a weird outcast kid, but you know what? That's okay. Go still be a weird outcast kid. Who kind of cares? Like it's, I don't know. It yeah. was pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, no. You can ha- you could be on a super team with yeah. other weirdos. It's gonna be and, like, awesome. And the thing against like X Men and stuff because X Men was all about embrace your gift. It's it's a gift and stuff. It's like yeah, but what if the people thought that it wasn't a gift? You know, like right. what if they were really yeah. miserable with the things that yeah. they have and they still have to wake up in the morning the next day? I want to know about those guys. Yeah. You know. Yeah, what if this guy's just a chicken? Yeah, like, that's his, like, whole, that's his whole thing. Like, what if he, yeah. yeah. I always say that DC superheroes are superheroes despite um, their, like, background. They put on the mask to, as a kind of a way to escape from it. And mm-hmm. Marvel are superheroes because of the mask. Like, it, 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 mm. uh, it kind of blends together for them. And the, like, the that um mixes and it, it's interesting uh i think that continues that trend too just with the x-men you know viewing themselves as a get like it as a gift versus uh doom patrol which is just like they're all uh horribly like in like uh handicapped in some way mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're just like they're. All, I think a lot of it's like, yeah, well, all right, we're here together. We might as well help yeah, somebody. That was the biggest thing. It was like we don't have to do this, especially in the beginning of this run when when Niles is all talking about it. Even in the next one run, yeah. when when um, Gerard Way takes it over, it's the same concept that the Doom Patrol goes through. It's like yeah. we don't have to do this. We can go live our lives and like be miserable, but I don't want to do that. I want to be miserable with you guys, and might as well let's mm-hmm. just go fight things i guess i don't know deal with the weird stuff because <laughs> yeah. who else is gonna deal with it <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a great tr- yeah and like especially someone like cliff it just feels like yeah in the both characterizations it's like yeah he doesn't mm-hmm. give a fuck but it's like but he, he does you know you kind of grow <laughs> it's but he does like yeah he it's like that it's that bravado because he's yeah. damaged um the book is him trying to give a fuck yeah right <laughs> 
that should be the uh, the subtitle yeah. <laughs> cliff trying to give a fuck it's, that's the undertone yeah and like i feel like i really re- like yeah i was was drawn to cliff when i read this because of that it's like he's thrust into this issue has this you know horrible accident but he finds a way to to make the most of it um despite being a brain in a tin there's also something interesting about (laughs) having cliff being like one of the only like founding members and then the member still there he's just kind of stuck in doom patrol but it's like him kind of like you know wanting like learning to like want to be there because it's like him and larry slash rebus are like the they're like the the people that never kind of go anywhere they've changed because there was the the girl at one time and so oh that's right they kind of yeah. they kind of feel like cyclops and beast in that sense like mm-hmm. like cliff is kind of de facto in charge in a way like yeah he's yeah he's the leader but like he's like the leader when like shit needs to like happen like right now but like yeah. he's not the uh he's not the the in the the pre-mission leader <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna go punch it and find out about yeah, it point like, me in the right direction yeah. Yeah, i'll go yeah, punch yeah. it and then larry yeah. just uh mad scienced himself a new body so yeah yeah and i like a, there's a theme between that because this is all them growing like because larry is now not just larry right. he's rebus and these other people like there's this theme of cliff trying to like c- continues to call him larry and he's like i'm not don't my name's rebus <laughs> like don't call me he's like dude i don't dead name i gotta call friends, you something folks <laughs> yeah it's because like the weird i think the weird part is like larry's in there but like he's not just larry anymore um and it's like i I like that evolution because eventually cliff does start calling them rebus um and and it grows and accepts that okay yeah you're not you're not just my friend anymore but you're still my friend so it's it's a you get like it's all and it's super subtle because like we're talking it's so jam-packed that you kind of like this is stuff i'm realizing after reading it again it's like oh this is all there and i just didn't quite absorb it uh, the first time around because there's just so much in this book yeah maximum so. re- rereadability with oh, this yeah. book for sure yeah i think you get something out of it different every time i feel uh, like you could read this backwards so much- and it would be a different experience <laughs> that you could get out of that like you might summon a demon <laughs> but yes it's possible <laughs> well <laughs> ever since that you summon a demon Dude, <laughs> having real. having read that issue of of doom patrol from a little while back where they were using yeah issues of doom patrol as divination tools i kept looking at every single panel as its own like like fortune cookie like <laughs> divination single panel and and going like oh well, what could that mean well what could, i mean didn't, what would right. this one mean if you just if you recall this? if you recall i did the divination and was like you know yes. asked it How's our show gonna do? Are we gonna be successful? And you landed on the exploding explosion. part from Mr. Nobody, just right? Just a fucking, yeah. just huge explosion. Yeah. I was just like, well, <laughs> read that one of two ways. as and we, you may. And we just kept doing it because, you know. Because we've exploded. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna let a comic book tell me what to do. I mean, you probably should. Don't don't fuck with magic. <laughs> yeah, we've we've talked about. But that. anyway, as very speaking of summoning a demon, uh, in a, in the, the some way, uh, moving on to the cult of the unwritten. Now shit yeah, starts boy. to get weird. Now guys. it get, gets weird. Just I like now, how this not is before. The weird part. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I love uh, we got my boy Kipling. Yeah, we get we get everyone's favorite, not Constantine. Constantine, Rear Kipling. 
Not Why really isn't this Constantine? That bugs me. Uh, that he didn't get the rights. Because um, he's like... Oh, okay. It's, it was, it was a rights right. thing. That's a great answer. So he so he had to make up his Same own guy. Constantine? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, my lord. That's fucking awesome. Um, Dude, that's fantastic. There's in really so many nothing different, ways. different between this guy and Constantine. No, he's the same person. It's literally no. he just didn't get the rights. If I'm remembering correctly, it was just like a big old mishap of, well, the book's got to come out, and I need a Constantine, and I don't have Constantine. So was it Hell? <laughs> was it Hellblazer at this point, or still was it a Swamp Thing that he was like Hell? I don't know when Hellblazer came out. But... Oh, was he? Did he was he in his own? Yeah, book? I'm not sure either. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. He I think he, been, I think right? he was in his own book at this point. Um, but yeah, it was probably something to do probably, with like, yeah. yeah. So it's like right around the same time, but like there was probably something to do with like this book is yeah. coming out at the same time, so we can't. It was just straight up. You know, I can't have, use Constantine with, like <laughs> without it being like an actual like official crossover. Yeah. We can't. Because I imagine if readers. he'd only existed in Swamp Thing at that point, he probably could have gotten them. Maybe not. Hellblazer started in '88. Started oh, in '88, okay, yeah, so, so the year before. Uh, so that's probably why. At that point, no. That thing was flying off the shelves. Jesus, too popular for Doom Patrol. <laughs> this is another casting I thought they absolutely oh. nailed in the show, and it's another headcanon I have. Um, oh yeah, just yeah. like it's just it was just so so well done. Um, but anyway, cold <laughs> of written book, um, dude. There's just so much. Well, we'll and we slightly glaze over. Cliff gets a new body. Which is fun because that kind of leads into yeah, later. But yeah, Cliff gets a new body, Magnus, and I just but it, it, both it, of them were the other one him, was like, too. Smell both of them and were. feel and taste things. Yeah, which I just like how he could do all that and then specifically has the thought. Well, I guess I should go put on pants now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think somebody like hugs him and he's like, "This mm. is weird. This is weird. yeah, I, yeah." Yeah, Jane hugs him, um, and he's like, mm-mm, yeah. no, not, I don't like that. <laughs> so in between Cliff discovering his new body, which I realize now is a weird phrasing, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kipling is, he's sensing all of these signs that something is coming, and, um, you know, he's attacked by these, I don't even, dude, there's the most bonker shit well he summons um, baphomet which uh, i cannot well, believe that, that this part made it into the show right the right? fucking baphomet, the baphomet shit like that uh, that's the thing that you go with like wow like and, yeah, and they right. really <laughs> leaned into the relationship of willie and baphomet like it's like yes you really need to get into that i mean hats <laughs> off to you yeah it's like yeah. he's like super he just yeah. he's like in love with her right 100 percent. yeah Wildly so good it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> well, we get all these like him just talking about magic and summoning by like, like I think I said this earlier. Like the spells and the conditions around them, they read like a fucking Mad Lib, and it's just the most insane shit um, that just turns into magic. And he can summon doorway. Like I like how he's like, yeah, you to get a magical doorway, you know, light a match and draw. No, it's it. a sparkler. A sparkler, look at it and make the shape of a door and then close your eyes and the after image looks like a door and then picture yourself opening the knob and walking through and then you'll be where Magic you need to go. Baby. I'm trying this next just- fourth of July, you guys. So <laughs> And it's like it's- make sure everybody. you're not on a ledge. Bye everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just shows up in Dorothy's room. It's like you <laughs> It's like, all right, and he's here. Oh uh, what? <laughs> and this is when we see the unwritten book, which we learn is a, a, 
a baby that was born with the language of the book to s- to summon the anti-god mm-hmm. or devourer mm-hmm. uh, or decreator. And we have all of these um, assassins or other oddities of the cult of the unwritten that have bled through to the universe. And they're like the weirdest fucking thing. The skin kites <laughs> really creep me out. Don't like oh, the yeah. skin the kites. You don't like skin kites? Don't like skin, skin kites. Um, don't like skin kites. <laughs> That's, um, that's the no evolution thanks. of Ed Gein that I was not ready for. <laughs> Hold the skin, <laughs> the skin kites. Thank you very much. Yeah, I draw the line at nipple belts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have like the tri bachelors, which is made of old love letters that people turn away once they're out of love. Um, the the skin kites, which is the souls of victims <laughs> imprisoned um, by the occult geometry of the frames, and um, they've just become slaves. They have the freaking. Uh, the Never Never Boys were just these kids on little tricycles with gas masks that just fucking kill people. <laughs> real real yeah. regular stuff. Yeah. Just real yeah. normal. Everything's normal. <laughs> Shit's fucking horrifying. And then, like, basically, Kipling is explaining all of the stuff that's happening, and we're just kind of we're catching up. Yeah. Uh, he's explaining it to the Doom Patrol. Yeah, and like, oh, there's one person who has a, a, a strange gash in, on their body, and that's the a, a doorway. Stigmata, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, all right, gotta find that guy. <laughs> well, that's a new yeah. thing to be afraid of. <laughs> right, just getting a stigmata that's gonna let skin kites come out into our universe. <laughs> that's how you get skin kites. And and then, like, psychic cops, I guess. Yeah, the, uh, the pale police who draws the fingerprint of who they're looking for on their mask from memory. It's terrifying. And, like, then when they, yeah. and then when they uh, catch you, you're stuck in a labyrinth of your own fingerprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, these are the ones that only speak in anagrams. Yes, mm. yeah. I also love, at one point, that I, I'm trying to find where uh, it is in the actual book, but at one point, like, they're fighting back against the the pale police, and it they just go, um, they they say shit, but it's like out of order because it, it it's an anagram. Mm. This, yeah. They just go this. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, nah. <laughs> I was like, that's brilliant. That's that's how you put a curse word in a Vertigo book before you can put curse words in a Vertigo book. I like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So effectively, they're trying to make sure that the cult can't read this. Get to this guy who has all of the writing for this book because if it's read it will summon this the god the uncreator D- yeah gozer um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Go- gozer <laughs> the destructor um <laughs> the decreator that's what they're called. and then obviously um they get them get they get them of course of course the they do i also love as we're dealing with the, this is kind of jumping around a little bit but as we're dealing with the decreator it's like different things are starting to disappear. It's like, oh, like um, that's once it gets summoned. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like all of a sudden, uh, you know, like there, there's just like certain things are gone. Guitars are gone. A suicide search in vain for razor blades and pills. Travelers wait at the, in the rain for a bus that never comes. And there's just like different the concepts of things are disappearing. And at one point, they're like looking at the decreator, and and uh, Kipling is just like this fucking piece of shit. And he goes, uh, like in the end, it's all. Do you think he just took his cigarette, or do you think he took? No, I think all he was cigarettes. cigarettes. It I was think all, all of cigarettes. The concept of cigarettes out. were yeah. gone. But he was so he was so chill with the world being decreated until cigarettes were uncreated, yeah. and then he's just like, "No, no, how dare you!" <laughs> yeah, like 
so they're doing that and the D creators, the giant eyeball in the sky. Um, so they kind of split up and then cliff went after the guy that had the stigmata, which eventually it just, it takes over the whole body until it kills him. And the, he just becomes the whole portal, but then He's he gets just, sucked yeah. in his whole body to, is a portal into, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which goes to Nernheim, mm, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. the f- fucking city of the cult. Which is also um, the snow globe on Calder's desk. Which hides and it moves and it's in the snow globe on Calder's desk. And as we're doing, he's fucking around in there. Like Josh keeps hearing shit <laughs> from coming from the snow globe, which I thought, and they, they did a great job. They did this whole arc in the show too. And I, I feel like they did such a great job. And with they, like they, uh, explaining a I lot didn't of actually, re- I, I, I didn't realize it the first, second, third, however many times I've read this, but upon just flipping through while we're talking about it, Cliff is holding the snow globe when he gets his new body. And I didn't, yes. I never put that together. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's good. Um, yeah. So effectively what they end up doing is <laughs> get lucky. <laughs> for being honest. Um, Jane effectively figures out a way to do like some kind of divination to slow down the D creator. So they base, but <laughs> Cliff is still stuck in Nernheim and eventually gets to get some um, Josh to break the, the, the crystal. The, the snow globe and it's like getting bigger it's like a whole city getting bigger and bigger and just as it's supposed to get too big the d creator snaps it out of existence and it just disappears <laughs> so that's that problem solved <laughs> but yeah i love that like they just slow it down enough that no one will ever notice that it's still it is still decreating but at it's a like pace people will disappear that it won't like worry anybody so like it's not it's just not gonna it's just gonna it's balance just regular entropy out. like so it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, 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 since exactly. where all Just, of the left socks have gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like it's like a weird way for him to explain. Just like. Yeah, entropy and like this is, this the is just way the life. universe. Yeah, it's is. like this is you sometimes exist. somebody's sometimes someone's yeah. just uh, you know w- w- hiking through a state park and they just suddenly are gone and all the only their shoes remain and th- right. this is how you explain it and this is yeah and this is explaining that <laughs> yeah which and is great then we get two. One of my favorite things in the entire the most, world. Maybe the most absurd two issues the, of comics. The best uh, two issues of comics ever. It, it's oh, such a I'm tone shift. Bad. It's such a tone shift because like the D creator is such a like big like threat to the universe. And then we get yeah. this the silliest heel turn. Just the silliest three like just like one eighty. So um, yeah. And we get uh it's the the mind and body. Uh and it is it is Calder trying to rebuild uh, Cliff's body once again because um, Magnus did a shit yeah. job with this new one, and he's just—I like, love how he's—he's he's so Niall's insulted specific. by having to waste his time on this garbage. I just spent two fucking days on this piece of shit robot because <laughs> Magnus can't do anything. The things I could have invented—it's like calm down, yeah. dude. Yeah, uh, it, I also that made out, me think that it was fine. And he's just like redoing all of it just for the sake of being like. I I'm, think there's I'm better part than of that everyone. with Niles yeah. Calder. Like he's Absolutely. definitely an egomaniac when it oh, comes yeah. like when it comes to all this shit. Um, I also just but. love how he has to take a break because he's just like, uh, we, I need you to run an errand me uh, errand with me to accompany me into town. I've run out of chocolate, and you know how irritable I can become if I don't give out my chocolate. I hate to become irritable, and it's Wait, just like did the you creator doing- get rid of all of the chocolate. <laughs> no, uh, he just. I don't think he. <laughs> did. I think he ate the chocolate it all. thing. Yeah, he ate it all. Because um, this whole, all these issues, yeah, he's, he's eating chocolate, chocolate like 
constantly. Yeah, every and, scene, he's eating a candy bar. It but, comes I'll tell you later. something. But, well, <laughs> one thing that I am so glad that they did in the TV show is that they got Timothy Dalton, James Bond, to talk mm, into yes. a Reese's cup as if it were a phone. That... <laughs> they did oh my that. God. They did that, and it exists in this world. And it, it is so. I'm so oh, happy. Talk about the best casting. Really? I can't believe they got Timothy Dalton. Like, Dude, so yeah, good. like I just I love so this good. motherfucker <laughs> is doing surgery on one of his like confidants, team members, like closest people in his life, and is like. I'm gonna take five because I need some. I need my chocolate. Yeah, because the whole time uh, I need some candy. We didn't because the whole time Cliff's brain is in a yeah. jar. It's in a right jar. Now. It's just in a yeah, jar. Yeah, he had to, to take side. it out. So he's literally in that. And he literally just like he says he's like Josh is like uh shouldn't we you know is Put Cliff okay? is yes yeah, he okay and he's like no 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 he really likes it. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't think you ever asked him if he likes it. He, just, he doesn't want to put it back in this bullshit robot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. the bullshit robot uh, wakes up and g- gains sentience by some dumb shit that Calder did. Yeah, the new body gains sentience while they were getting uh, chocolate, um, and then yeah. decides to plug in the speaker to to Cliff's uh, jar of goop, and he's so just, they could chat. Yeah, and he's just basically like, so so listen. I have all these cool gadgets. I'm not going to think about my actions at all because I just want to go party. I just want to have fun. And uh, that can't happen if they put you back in me because I'm afraid I'll lose my consciousness. So, and then he just takes his little diamond drill bit and just like opens it up and like pokes a little hole in the nutrient juice. (laughs) And and at that point, we get the introduction to... uh, Mala, Mala and the brain and the brain and the return of the mm-hmm. brain. The I return believe. of the brain. Yes, and they were and Mala. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So the original members of the Brotherhood of Evil who have fought the Teen Titans, who have fought the Doom Patrol previously, and it's just yeah. Mala drive, <laughs> driving so around good, a baby stroller with the brain in the stroller. Like, you gotta be inconspicuous. <laughs> I mean, what, what you think you just saw a giant ape walking down the street carrying a big brain? You'd be like, well, that's weird. Yeah. You know, put it in a baby carrier. But, but no one's gonna <laughs> notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but should, but shouldn't the ape also wear a disguise? Oh, are you the, kidding me? The, the beret Anything. works. He's wearing yeah. a beret. The, the beret. Um, the beret also, yeah, the beret bullets and AK brain, are fine. And he's got yeah. a shirt that says "Drop the bomb." The brain container yeah, and, is a skull. <laughs> like a yeah. dude, I, I love the, that the, the brain container is a skull. Yeah. Up just yeah, above it's like the a mouth on the skull. Villain. Yeah, he looks like he looks like yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, he also like like the brain is like, tell me, tell me, are you are you still wearing that ludicrous hat? And he's like, this revolutionary beret was given me by Fidel Castro himself. It was Che Guevara's favorite. So- so that means that <laughs> I, I vowed to only take it off to the man who beats me in combat or so at that means chess. Fidel Castro like, wow, has so given a hat away and thrown Flash a birthday party in DC <laughs> one of the fucking weirdest comics I've ever read is Flash's 21st birthday party was thrown by Fidel Castro Fuck That's yeah. a busy man. Fuck yes. Um, incredible. So yeah, <laughs> then we, we get all yep. comics are and like this mm-hmm. one especially, holy shit. And they just they just roll up to the Doom Patrol to exact their revenge because they yeah, so their plan is basically to steal Cliff's body. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he the brain can have a body. Little do they know, uh, there's two of them now. Uh-huh. And one of them's awake. Yep. <laughs> 
and, so of and course they, they also, have to do battle <laughs> and they, yeah just like oh well you know you can't just be the brain master we'll have to come up with a new name for you and he's like how about god <laughs> good lord um yeah the brain uh definitely doesn't have an ego problem no he's all ego. that's what happens when you're uh, all brain he, <laughs> yeah that's a good point that's a good point and then mala's all brawn you know uh they're a good team and brain as we know they are a perfect team um yeah we'll get there and uh mala makes quick work of new cliff's body well yeah so so cliff's body is just spinning around the room i love this he's just like you know uh (laughs) you you ruin it for us bodies it won't happen again i'm going to enjoy life instead of worrying i'm gonna i'm gonna live i'm gonna hang around in bars and i'm gonna sing and i'm gonna dance and he's just like literally like prancing around the room (laughs) he's just like (laughs) <laughs> and they just, like Cliff is just like knock knock. It's like what? It's like you're supposed to say who's there. <laughs> like, this kind of trick. Knock knock, and it's just them just trying to have that conversation <laughs> when Mala and the brain bust in. And yeah, make quick work of of Cliff's new body. And he throws. <laughs> this is my favorite one where he's just like Mala's like trying to fight Cliff or the bo- the body of Cliff, and he's just like brain versus brain, and throws yeah! the brain at the table. <laughs> And it's just like, what are you? And he's just like, what the hell is going on out there? Is Cliff's response, and just the, the brain goes, "Robot man, it's you, isn't it? Hated enemy. At last, we are face to face in open combat." And even Cliff goes, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> just two brains sitting brain on a table, screaming at each nothing. other. Brain fight. It matches up with just this like idea that the brain is just like this grandiose person brain. And uh, everything just uh-huh. falls like just very short. Um, brains all, all, all brains inventions are just like these big things, and yet it's just like, well, it does just like the simplest thing, and it's like, well, well, that's yeah. pretty yeah. awesome. This is they're just perfect <laughs> yeah, cartoon they really characters. Are. They it's really, just that's why I love them. The so big yeah. beefy dope and the it's like Pinky yeah. in the brain, yeah. but like if the if if uh, Pinky was a giant mm-hmm. gorilla uh, <laughs> with a brain, but he's also like a very intelligent gorilla yeah, oh yeah because no, he's talking Descartes. about yeah. Yeah. yeah he reads philosophy and shit uh-huh. like it's he's the dumala's oh, a great character <laughs> oh it's so good and then yeah they they do the switcheroo and they put they put the brain's body or put the brain's brain into cliff's body this shit and and, and, this, and earlier uh, uh cliff's body had said he's going to arm all of his new weapons to explode if anyone tries to transplant yes. the brain inside of it yeah, yeah. and uh, we also know that Mala was chewing mm-hmm. bubblegum earlier, so that all becomes relevant when <laughs> he's chewing bubblegum, but as... he left it on brain. Just <laughs> yeah. stored it like what? Yeah, just yeah, like them... this is a, this is a safe place to keep. It. I think I remember the f- specifically this page before we get in this page. I remember texting Casey after reading this for the first <laughs> time, and I was just like. What the fuck did you? What even? <laughs> this book literally yeah. has everything. Like, oh what my God. just happened? Yeah, like, and it's yeah. So as as the brain like stands up and is like talking to Mala with a body, it's just like I just I can't keep I can't stop pretending, Mala. All these years we've worked together, lived together. I can't lie to you any longer. I love you. <laughs> Mala's like you don't know how long I've waited to hear those words. <laughs> Kiss me, Mala, and then they go to. Well, before they go to kiss, uh, 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 the brain says, "Please first take out that gum out of your mouth." And then he he takes out the gum and sticks it. Just happens to stick it right into the hole where Cliff's nutrient juice was was that's spilling a, out. That's, 
So he plugs Chekhov's bubblegum. <laughs> yeah, Chekhov's bubblegum. Uh, and then right as they finally embrace and kiss, uh, he fucking explodes, and the beret falls right perfectly on the cliff, and just. <laughs> I will say, uh, the kiss me mala is one of my favorite panels ever. Kiss me ever. mala. I've, I oh I also I don't I don't know if anyone else caught this. Uh, oh this is one of my favorite. Uh, music references it says does the body rule the mind or does the mind rule the body i don't know which is a smith's song and that's right. how and that's and that's the last panel in this book so. it's such an in- insane but incredible way to end like you said, especially coming off that decreator yeah arc, yeah it's just it's like, just like we need a palate cleanser and the palate cleanser is, is the is, brain and mala smooching yeah it's a big ape making out with a robot body it's 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 the most yeah. looney tune shit that oh, in this book yeah. and it, i love it so much yeah it might as well just say that's all yeah. folks across the that's it yep I just like we Cliff has his new body for a grand total of like four issues before it explodes. <laughs> I hope he gets like a big Krang body. I, I want oh, Cliff man. Steel's brain in a oh Krang body. A Krang body. Uh, I feel like that's not great since like you probably want to cover that up. You know, you don't want to have his ba- brain just out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, but it protects you against head You don't have that. Doesn't cr- <laughs> well, that's true. I wouldn't think it doesn't that protect you against gut that. shots though. If someone shoots you in the yeah. stomach, that's the biggest part of your body. <laughs> all right so anyway, anyone have any final thoughts any any closing i don't uh, think i can think anymore <laughs> mission accomplished the book did mm-hmm. its job <laughs> yeah i uh this is one of those books that i think just mm-hmm. should be on everyone's reading list at some point um the whole run is is so good um I think this sparked a love of Doom Patrol specifically and Morrison. Uh, I think I started Morrison like with Batman, but this kind of really, I think I understood what I was getting into mm-hmm. <laughs> with him writing this and this just, um, they writing this. And then, um, once I read Doom Patrol, I was like, yeah. I need all there, of this Morrison or Doom <laughs> there Patrol. There are a few people in this, uh, in this world that understand comics quite like Morrison. They are, yeah. A miracle yeah. of a writer, and they're on yeah, another really, plane of existence in so just many different storytellers. ways. Yeah. yeah, truly. Just I feel like you could teach this book in high school. You should. Yeah, it I really think you should. <laughs> yeah, you should. Like, I, I, I had I had an English teacher in high school who had a really like out there approach to to his class, and we wrote a, read a lot of really weird books, and he he structured his class really weird. I want to just mail him a copy. Of I this think it book would help with just, people just trying without, to find themselves. Honestly, like I mm, was yeah. reading yeah. it while I was the weird kid yeah. in school, and I you know yeah. I was standing yeah. by the trash and, can eating my lunch, and it's like, well, I'm gonna read my Doom Patrol, like. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> just put, put yeah, a post-it yeah. on the on the cover that just says teach yeah, this honestly. i had this it's like, um, yeah. i had this thought too while i was reading it because i haven't read this since i was also like i was in high school when i read it and morrison is great when you're a kid and reading it um and but they're a different kind of great like you mm-hmm. yeah i uh-huh. think reading it and then having gained like at least a decade worth of like other reading experience and life experience. It just, it changes the way you think about it. And, uh, I'm sure there's mm-hmm. even a better level of, you know, people who are smarter than me that get even more out of it. So 
Yeah. Well, the the next the next step is you read all the crazy books on the occult yeah, that Sean's exactly. been reading, and then you read it a third time, and you get that experience, that layer lot, added yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like a five layer bean dip, and you just got to get all the experience points through the bean dip. You know. I uh, think that that just kind of speaks to how good this comic is, and specifically how good Morrison yes. is, because there's there's a lot of really really good comics, but I think. Picking up a Morrison comic from the jump, it just mm, feels it different. Does. They are one of those people that are just, they are transcendent talent. Like they're it, the, the comic by uh, Morrison and the, these types of writers, they're just different. And I'm not discrediting anyone else. I think this is just on another also, level. We um, need people who are this good at writing who are also optimistic. Like, Yes. I, I love Yeah, that's I true. Love, that's a great th- point. There are tons of comic writers that are I think are also amazing, but so like they're they can get just so Sometimes we bogged to- down in the in making the medium depressing and uh like grim dark yeah. that we need yeah. like Morrison, there's few people that understand um the the empathy engine that this medium is and that's why they love superman and that's why i love superman yes and that's why yes (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's what makes superman like the greatest one of the greatest characters it's because they there's so paragon of this medium there's so Uh, much work to superman and morrison definitely understands that um yeah yeah i feel like yeah and in a a world full of alan moore's be a great (laughs) yes right and I also so think thing, what's, like, the, yeah, the right. next thing, the next evolution of this that I think is really interesting is writers that are our age who were reading Grant Morrison in high school and it was like shaping their little plastic brain <laughs> yep. and, and molding uh-huh. it into what it is. And now we're yeah. getting James Tynan's and we, we have Jeff Lemire's and we have these people that also have this appreciation of the medium and this understanding of the way storytelling works as its own form mm-hmm. of magic yeah and and we're seeing that manifest itself in in really cool ways so it's like the the, the people that grant morrison taught well, with doom patrol are now becoming i mean maybe yeah. Yeah. maybe the stigma has kind of lessened uh with like you know the success of the movies and stuff but there you know is definitely a there was a um stigma that's like oh it's you know uh bunch of people who can't hack it being novelists write comic books because you just you know you write right. a fight scene and you throw batman in it and people will just eat it up but like <laughs> it it's n- not it's a different medium than a novel it, it it's it's almost it's almost harder especially if if, if you've been writing novels yeah. for so long right but to try to switch gears yeah. and write a comic it's a it's a gorgeous medium that allows it, it's not like reading a book, and it shouldn't be. It's its own thing, and there are people like Morrison who understand that and make it unique and really use the medium to the, their fullest powers. And it's such a, such a gift every yeah. time because it, it's such a great medium, something that I've dedicated just my whole life to, and it, it feels <laughs> amazing when you get something like that because it, it makes it, like, you know, clicks in your brains, like the why... You love the medium itself. It's so good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So I guess that's all there is to say about that. <laughs> Let's do plugs. Nathan, uh, where, where, where can we find you about if we haven't heard you if before? If you haven't heard me before, um, <laughs> we got a show on that dueling genre over there, the Doom Patrol Radio. Uh, me and my co-host, Mark, 
good friend of mine, we were watching uh, Doom Patrol as it was coming out and just doing reviews of that. Um, we also did a, a bunch of, of Doom Patrol review episodes before the show was coming out, both on this Volume 1 and Volume 2 and some of the Gerard Way stuff as well. Um, mm. We did those on a, another platform, uh, DC Cinematic Minute. Um, yeah, oh, okay. so you can find all of that. Um, I think I'm pretty sure you can still find some of the DC stuff on uh, Dueling Genre. I think it's getting moved over there as we speak. Um, oh, I think I think our pa- <laughs> if you're a Patreon listener, which you probably are, because I think this is a Patreon exclusive episode, um, you can dig back into the archives. So that's probably I'm part pretty of sure that. they're getting thrown up there now. I don't want to promise yeah, anything. Me neither. You know, uh, I'm you know, don't listen to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, no clutch Nate on Twitter. Uh, any other social media. Um, but yeah, that was it. It was a pleasure being here. Honestly, it's really fun to talk to other people about Grant Morrison and just the weirdness of Doom Patrol specifically and finding other yeah. people that it's like, oh, I, I really like this. That this like fits with me. It's like, oh, hey, where were you guys 20 years ago? Like I needed <laughs> friends. <laughs> um, but it's excellent that, you know, sharing these stories with other people and other people having the same passion in and, and, and love for it. It's uh it's awesome. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks oh. for jumping in. We've been trying to put this together for a while now. I'm glad we finally got to do this. So if you're hearing us for the first time, if you're just tuning into the Patreon feed, we are tales from the short box. We are a weekly podcast. where We talk about comics that came out the week prior. So we dig into all of the new stuff that you should be reading and give you reasons to go hop down to your comic shop and ask for stuff specifically so go check us out there you can find us in the socials at last week's comics and um i guess that's it for us uh thank you the patreon listeners for keeping us afloat um we'll see you next time whenever that is with whatever book that is uh this is tales from short box now and trade goodbye everybody <laughs>